0: Ah, yes, it is the crazy train this morning. Kevin Carius, David Schlemko, Sports 1440, of course. David Schlemko is brought to you by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out CougarCollision.com. Before we get to uh, a lot of the Queen texts, this one just came in from Shank one. Hey, Kevin, I'm not sure if you have already talked about this, but why would the Elks trade Jake Ceresna? He was a core guy that you could market ticket sales around. Not sure if, if this is a good move. What do you think? A lot. Uh, this is a um, a tougher one to talk about because uh, it, both teams needed a, a fit. The Oilers needed a Canadian receiver. That's what they get from Toronto. Elks. Yeah. The uh, What did I say? Oilers. Oh, so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the Elks needed a Canadian... Oilers ro- need one too. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, my my fault. The Elks needed a wide receiver. They get a Canadian wide receiver. Argos needed some help on the D-line, and they get that in Ceresna. The other factor that comes into play here is that Ceresna was owed $50,000 bonus. Now the Argos pay that. That's the thing it's, in the CFL, I right? Mean, and the the Elks ended up paying a couple guys out on their bonuses, but I think it's, it's your scratch and your back. And now, I mean... I think it's going to help both teams, but finding defensive linemen are hard. The big thing here is the import non-import thing, and I hate saying the Canadian and the American and all this stuff. So,
1: is that a big? Is that like a big factor? Would that like a fifty thousand bonus? Would that be like a million dollar bonus in the <laughs> NHL? Say
0: maybe a bit more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Mean, you're my CF- CFL guy yeah. here, Kev. It's tough, you know. But so Curly Gittins comes in from from the Argos. But 50000 is a lot. I mean, they they, they bought out not many nothing. guys. <laughs> like, it was 60000 for Dunbar. $60,000. Stephen Dunbar Jr. was owed 60000 bonus. They release him. Okay. So that's what happens in the CFL. It happens yeah. everywhere. Uh, I can't... Who was... Was it Kevin Glenn? I believe it was Kevin Glenn. Uh, back in the day, he was owed a bonus by... I think it might have been Winnipeg. Uh, maybe uh, Super Dave Campbell will text me and tell me. But... So he took the bonus, then he retired. It was the exact <laughs> opposite away. Uh, but so Curly Gittens is a, a pretty good receiver, Canadian, and he had good rapport, good chemistry with McLeod Bethel Thompson in Toronto. So now McLeod Bethel Thompson signs here. That
1: chemistry. It's
0: probably helping both sides. So hopefully, one, uh, I got, I answered that one okay. Uh, the Rig says, I believe the reason Queen's Live Aid appearance was so popular was because it was like a reunion performance agree i mean but when they came out man they had that crowd going like that's the best part of the bohemian rhapsody movie is that crowd is just going crazy and people are they can't believe how in have you watched it i
1: haven't i, just oh. say, I haven't seen the bohemian rhapsody movie
0: so you gotta watch it Schlemmer. but that is the best part of the movie really just that live aid concert Uh, Rob texts in, as a longtime Queen fan, Freddie's death had an impact on the band's fame. However, I was ridiculed for my fandom until Wayne's World came out. That movie had an odd way of creating a mass quantity of new fans' top five Queen songs. And so you've seen Wayne's World, haven't you, Slammer? So he made it
1: cool. Well, well, they're
0: they're (laughs) they're sitting in the back of the seat and they're banging their heads to (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody. X-Ray Gog says, uh, this morning's show is hilarious. I'm even still laughing at Schlemdog Millionaire.
1: <laughs> i got to think who made that one up. I think it was our equipment guy in, was it? in Phoenix, Stan Wilson.
0: Wow. Again, there are all the nicknames. That's that's a great nickname. Find that out, Schlemmer. Husks says, uh, Queen also had a killer band. Everyone could sing and write. Uh, their later music would have been fantastic, says Husks. Even in the in the movie, you get that right because uh, the drummer's name I think his name was Roger. I can't remember the names of the other guys in the band, but you know, there's Freddie Mercury's coming in, and who knows how how true the Bohemian Rhapsody is, but coming in and doing, you know, oh, what are the lyrics, and then the other guys say, "Well, I've got this riff going," and it's it's a good movie. That's on, like your, a- that's on your that's on your to do list, yeah. Schreier. i to see that one. Hmm. L. <laughs> Al Nate, EI Nate, <laughs> sorry, buddy, again, uh, we, we had in or out talking about uh, the hypothetical Bucks-Texans. Uh, Nate says, I agree, but it's still the Super Bowl. Everyone is going to bet on something and watch, Duke.
1: Oh, 100%. Bet on the color of the Gatorade.
0: <laughs> Fat Afron says, hey, boys, what's your take on the Tampa Bay Lightning Pirate jerseys? Love them. Just love them. Have you seen them?
1: Yeah, yeah. they're, they're terrible. I don't, oh, I don't know. come on, they're, man! They're
0: terrible. No, no, no. The <laughs> skull and crossbones kind of thing with the.
2: What does that have to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning? <laughs> <laughs> Makes it scary. Like you're scared.
0: It's That's all. Good. Here's it, a question. It's missing Dave, something. David Schlemko, <laughs>
2: uh, NHL veteran of 400-plus games. Um, does the other team's jersey ever intimidate you out there during warm-ups?
1: Not so much.
0: <laughs> uh, no, this is. <laughs> I remember you know, back in the old rec hockey days, the Malville Bombers rec hockey team were skull and crossbones, intimidated every team.
1: Oh, yeah? Totally intimidation. I remember Bob Hartley telling me a story <laughs> when I first got to Calgary. It's like, yeah, when we go out for warm-ups – we wear our helmets. We do our chin straps up. We're wearing our shot blockers on our skates. We're showing them we're ready to go to effing lore. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to have no impact on the game. But all did right. you have to? like, <laughs> In warmups, do you
2: do you have your shoulder pads on? Do you have to, yeah, or is it just yeah. A, yeah, yeah? You have your shoulders on for sure.
0: It's not alumni media Wednesday <laughs> night <laughs> skater, Duke. It's just warm-ups.
2: It's not like you're you know laying guys out when you're just running some uh, quick little two-on-ones and That's getting fair. some pucks on the pads of your tendies.
1: Okay. Some guys go no bucket. I think if you were no shoulders for warm-ups, I think it would feel kind of <laughs> terrible like when you went yeah, out for
2: the as game. As soon as you put your shoulder pads on for the game, you're like, oh, this sucks. You feel all bulky, yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny, like even at that, at the alumni media game, that was one of the, everyone joking right off the top. like even Laddie, you know, Laddie going, hey, you don't, you know, you don't have to wear shoulder pads out here. (laughs) 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 These are my shoulders. Oh, you know.
1: Yeah. I haven't worn shoulder pads in years. I think they feel terrible now.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Duke, do you wear them for the uh, when you play for No the Tropicana's?
2: I so like I hadn't worn them for forever. So when I was playing Campus rec at the U of A, they make you wear them. The refs come around and like oh, do they? check they if you're you wear on the shoulder. Them. We our <laughs> team led the league in penalty minutes because we got penalties every game for nobody wearing shoulder pads. And uh, start the game like with four minutes of a penalty to the kill. Make us all go back to the dressing room, put them on, whatever. Um, then beer league never wore them. I got, like, one of those pair of, like, just Yofas, those small ones. The old white ones. The old white ones. And so that's what I wore playing senior, which was plenty uh, enough. And then, yeah. But in beer league now, almost everybody wears shoulder pads. Hmm. Um, I think myself and one other guy on our team don't. I'm the smallest guy on the team. And then the other guy's the biggest guy on the team. We're the only ones that don't wear them. And a, uh, cages becoming very uh, See a lot of much, cages, much more popular in beer league now. We've yeah. had a couple guys get like pucks and sticks to the face and like pretty serious work need done. So I, like, I'll like i never chirp a guy for wearing a cage in beer league. That's totally cool. Probably money, more yeah. sticks than pucks, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, oh, definitely. You wear,
0: you have a visor, right? For, I wear a half yeah. visor, yeah. Duke, did you have one? I didn't even notice. I just wear a visor, yeah. yeah. Uh, text coming in, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 833 You talk about, uh, you know, had... History changed and things. This comes in from Mark. Hey, Kevin, imagine how the hockey story changes if Gretz isn't traded and Orr's knees are healthy in Boston. I agree with you that if Freddie Mercury had lived longer, it would have been amazing. Same goes for Hendricks, Morrison, uh, Boston, uh, Marvin Gay, yada, yada. Great show. Uh, thanks, Mark. Man, Gretz doesn't get traded. How many more cups do the Oilers win? Three? That's opening
1: a whole can isn't of worms it? there. Is it Three. I think yeah, we could fill know. a four, a full four hour show talking you can, about that. You, you can also go back though and listen to Gratz on the yeah. light of Spitting chicolets and talking about how much hockey and the game of hockey grew on yes. the coast and in California and maybe hockey's not as big now as it is if
0: it that is trade there's no way happen, it is. Right? There's no way it is. There you go. You know? He took the game to another level in in the United States, specifically in the warmer climates. Yeah. You know, I still think you you would still have you know, in all the northern states, and, and some areas, you would have uh, the popularity of what it is now, but not even close.
1: Not in the south,
0: never. Not, and I mean, you think about you played in San Jose. That who knows that place doesn't even maybe even get a team and things like that. Oh, exactly. You know, back in eighty. 1988, The big oh, trade. That's one of the
1: best places to play in the league when they're How about Bobby Orr and this
0: guy when he built Bobby Orr's knees? Like, I mean, Bobby Orr didn't play in the 72 Summit Series, but he was there for every game. He went to Russia yeah. to support his team. What a guy. Oh, what a guy. But he's another guy that transcended the game. Yep. If he's, I mean, if he's healthy and, oh. He Probably played in the 76 Canada the, Cup. The yeah. Bobby
1: Orr era. Oh. That was a little before my time, yeah. but.
0: BB says Sherwood 5030 shoulder pads. Duke, is that what you have or had? No,
2: but what a minor minor yofa but they're virtually identical. Yeah. They're styrofoam <laughs> uh, across the chest and the back and then they do have like the caps are actually plastic but they're about as like low profile and slim as you can get there's not a lot of protection
0: again yeah. the, from these the
1: sherwood ones aren't plastic so there's a little a oh, little difference yeah. there we go They're <laughs> the tiny little white fabric ones right foam yeah yeah <laughs> uh
0: all our queen fans and we've had so many queen fans uh text in resort rat is just going to take you down right now resort rat texts in and says queen was five to ten years past being relevant when Mercury died, check the dates on all those songs. Resort <laughs> Rad. Oh, just well, I mean, but they they separated the group. It split up. Freddie Mercury went his own way for several years and things like that. But
2: that's a, that's that's from you know, Steve, that's from our ski report guy. Steve. Is it? Yeah. Oh boy, he's not having it. You know what?
0: <laughs> on a day like this, is when you, you got to get in uh, Evans and Pete Panatsy from next. That's door. true. They get would K-
2: have some real insight. K ninety
0: seven. Get those guys. They would have a lot. I, to see
2: here's about. a what what station do we think plays more Queen? Today K ninety seven or the Breeze? <laughs> well, K97. I K ninety seven. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't listen to the Breeze.
2: Yeah. but <laughs> it's 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 on out here in the in the studio as yeah. we're doing our work. And there's a, I, y- it's got to be K ninety seven. I think it'd be close. It's some some nice adult contemporary <laughs> playing
0: Don't Stop Me Now uh fat afron says the uh pirate jerseys are terrible <laughs> yeah they are yeah H- I, I said, agree. <laughs> why what's wrong with the little skull and crossbones out there
1: well, I, I, feel, I just feel like they're missing something like they're they need another color or well
0: are they trying to the, go off of like are uh, they like in the the partnership Buc- with the bucks that's what, what they're trying mean? to do but i mean a beautiful lightning bolt in the forehead
1: They kind of look like a glorified, like, practice jersey.
0: Yeah, no way, man.
1: I agree, 100%. It's,
0: it's like, deadly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, you going to order one? I (laughs) might, yeah. Fanatics.com. Kevin Carrius, brand new Lightning Uh, jersey. We'll hang it up here in the studio.
0: uh, Looking forward to our next guest and our game of the day for uh, St. Albert Dodge. Big Louis DeBrusque uh, will make his... uh, First appearance on the uh, Kevin Carey show, I believe, on Sports 1440. Uh, Big Lose coming up right after the break. It's Carey, it's Schlemko, it's Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big show. Um, Kevin Carey, David Schlemko with you. Time now for our Game of the Day, brought to you by St. Albert Dodge, although we might not even talk about last night's Game of the Day with Louis DeBrusca, but brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Over 300 new Ram and Jeeps are available. 0% for up to 72 months on select models. 0% also available on Ram 1500s. That's a savings of up to $14,000. Check out StAlbertDodge.com as we welcome in... The big man Louis Debrusque to Sports fourteen forty Louis with uh, KK and Schlemmer morning big fella
3: morning guys how are you guys doing you know what I mean you don't want you you probably want to talk about how I was chiseled champion when we went up to Fortress <laughs> Lake well, that's what I'm guessing that's what I'm guessing because you said you don't want to talk about hockey so you most likely want to talk about how I dominated you in the fishing department
0: <laughs> so for our <laughs> listeners Lou we just we just posted uh, your picture that I took from Fortress, uh, several, it's a long time ago. So we posted it on uh, the Twitter, and uh, that was your kind of intro to tell our listeners that you're coming up, so everyone can have a look at this picture. And, I mean, we had a fat. we've gone up there a few times, you and I, but... I took this picture of you and I said to you, I remember saying, Lou, that fish isn't very big. And you said, Hey, Kay, when you've got guns the size of mine, any fish you hold up isn't going to be a
3: big fish. <laughs> I jokingly said, Hey, when you got 20 inch guns, every fish looks small. <laughs> you know what? What an amazing trip, though. And I, uh-huh. I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's, a, it's probably the picture. I know a picture. You're t- you had some great photographs, by the yeah. way, on that trip. But uh, I know the one time we had Jason Strubick and. Um, you know, J D yeah. Jeff DeLaurier came to one year too and it was it was fantastic. It is a beautiful spot. It's right on the border of B.C. and, uh, and Alberta. And I, I I talk about that trip all the time because it was one of the most beautiful places in the world I've ever been to. But um, great company, too, KK. We had a fun time. And just, uh, you know, the, the competitiveness still always comes up. We had a blast. It, it was uh, one of those trips you just that, that just stays with you.
0: Well, and again, it was fly fishing just for our, our listeners. And yeah. we would walk right from Camp Lou and be about, I don't know, half mile or so. And you get to Chisel Creek and then you would just stand in your your waders and just fly fish and your arms would get sore from, from throwing casts out.
3: I can't remember how many casts in a row it was, but it was funny. I, I got into fly time, too, uh, years ago when I first started fly fishing. It was one of the things I liked about it. Was And trust me, I get, you see my meat hooks. It, it's, 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 I don't do the delicate work. I'm pretty good at streamers. Don't even try me on dries. I'll do the odd nymph. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I um, After the first year we went there, I started putting this pattern together, and that's the one. Remember I said I could probably sell these these right now for 20 bucks a pop up here <laughs> as the chisel champion. Cause it was like every cast. It was amazing. I was looking like a long white streamer with a little zonker script on it. And I put a pretty heavy head on it. Cause you have to get deep. It's a different type of fishing for those book truck. But mm. uh, listen, fantastic. I can talk fishing all day. You know, that, oh, yeah. me and, And also the the Dipper Lake. I finally got up to the legendary Dipper Lake with you the one time uh, and your buddies. We went for a great trip, and that was an amazing trip. So uh, we've had a couple tremendous fishing trips. You and I, Kevin.
0: That was with Howie the Plumber. What did? Could you believe how many walleye were caught at Dipper?
3: (laughs) We. We would just go catch a 100, come back in, hang out by the fire for a while. Do you want to go catch another 100? Okay, we'd step out in the boat, go catch <laughs> another 100. It was incredible. It, it, I've never seen that many voracious walleye in one one place. And I've I've fished for years up in the Northwest Territories, and, and you'd get right after ice out. Um, those walleye would just be ravenous, same with the lake trout up in the upper column and big, big pike. But that trip was uh, – I, I remember looking at you – just, just so you know, and this is the truth. I took every single lure out of my, uh, every single bait, artificial bait and lure I had. And I packed a lot for that trip, as you remember. I always packed a lot of gear, and I tried to catch a fish on everything in my box. I succeeded. So what did I do? I grabbed a yellow jujube out of the jar, <laughs> put half the jujube on a jig hook, and caught a walleye with it. Yeah. I said, "Okay, that's it. I'm done. These things will eat literally anything."
0: And and I think a piece of red licorice too.
3: Oh Isn't yeah, it? Licorice. We caught one on Licorice. Right. We we were trying. we that's how much they were biting is we were trying to figure out what we couldn't catch them. <laughs> and I don't know if we ever did find something that wouldn't bite. It's yeah. uh that was a pretty cool spot too.
0: Oh, it's lots of fun, lots of fun. Uh, I think we better get Schlemmer in here before yeah. he leaves the door here. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, David?
0: I'm What's doing well. All the way.
3: Yep, yep. <laughs> but, but you know, it's uh but yeah, you know, that's great. I, you said you're you just raffled something off. Is that what you just said? I uh, I didn't hear the first part of the show. Did you say you, the picture you put up online was that something you did uh, for a raffle or something?
0: No, not just for. No, I was just putting it out there just to kind of set the table for, that you were coming
3: on. Oh, okay, for okay all, yeah, yeah, for sorry, all our I, listeners, I just, yeah. I uh, broke up a little bit when you said that. Yeah, yeah cool. no, it's, right it's that
0: picture. It's the one that you're talking about when when you got the the twenty inch guns out there showing off that that <laughs> brook trout, which was a good sized brook trout. I mean,
3: yeah, yeah, for uh, sure.
0: So uh, what did you think of the game last night? It must have been awful, f- a lot of fun to be down there at ice level for that one.
3: It was. You know, it was uh, it was really fast. It was fast and skilled. I was really impressed with both teams, to be honest with you. I think both teams came to play. Both teams were pretty dialed in. And as a result, it almost created some scrambliness. There were, there were some, some uncharacteristic in this 11-game Winston turnovers, I thought, from Edmonton. You know, I thought they gave the puck up a little. But I also think you have to credit the least with how aggressive they were on the forecheck with how fast they were at closing in on on Evenson, and I think vice versa I think Evenson later in the game did the same thing back to them they started to turn pucks over um, and started to create plays and I said you know when it was 2-2 and the building exploded I said this this has happened. I hate I don't like saying it too often, but this game has a playoff field it. Mm-hmm. This game has a feel where both of these teams are slugging it out, heavyweights going at it, and it's a real good test for both teams. I think both teams will be pleased with parts of their game and both teams will say they have to work on parts of the game, which I think is always the case after hockey games. But uh, the way everything's been able to stick with it and find ways to win, they got depth scoring last night, I thought, that was so instrumental in the win. And you have to have that when your two top lines are going head-to-head with another um, team that has the firepower that Toronto has. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun. It was, it was a really fun game. It was fast. I felt that I didn't get in that much because I was just, you know, it was like I was watching a tennis match at times.
1: yeah yeah Yeah, the pace was great last night uh you talked about them sticking with it uh just watching the Oilers over the past couple weeks here it looks to me like they've really kind of hit a turning point where they're a lot more they have a lot more maturity as a team where they're they're not forcing it when they get behind you know they're sticking with the process and uh you know finding ways to grind out the kind of the greasy goals and uh I guess playing the right way is, is that something that they're talking about in their room before and after games? Is that kind of a focus?
3: Oh yeah. It is, David. You know better than anybody you're in the league for a long time. This is this is a team right now that when you start to have that belief internally, like, Hey, we, we've, we kind of have the recipe here. We, we know what we need to do to be successful. It's not going to work every night, but if we play this way, we're giving ourselves a very, very good chance to win each and every night when you're getting the goaltending you're getting from Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard, who's got three wins in this 11 game stretch too. this 11 game win streak. He was three of them, but Stuart Skinner has been on another level. So when you have everybody kind of pulling on that rope and doing what they do best, um, there's just a feeling in that room. And I know that the, the conversation with Edmonton has always been about offense and good reason. They're the most offensive team last year in the league. They set the record for the, the highest percentage power play in the history of the game. Um, you've got Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, that literally have been pacing the league for, you know, you could go back, I think, 10 years in scoring and they're still one, two, even though they didn't play that far back. Um, but in the last seven years, eight years, they've really started to dominate. They, they, they've been one and two. They've just paced the league. It's been incredible. Um, so all eyes are on the team because of that firepower Nugent Hopkins 100 point season last year I mean he's taken his game to a whole new level and all of that with that kind of playing the way he's played and I mean I can go down the list of all the players that have kind of elevated their games and are playing at a level now that they expect to play at Um, you just feel it you feel it so we talk so much about the offense but I've been trying very hard to get in the defensive plays, the physicality they're playing with, how hard defensively they are to get to the front of the net. Now, how big their defense are and how they're playing as a group and their tandems are set in stone. They're, they're really comfortable with their deep airings. Um, you know, all of that, the forwards coming back and helping back in the defensive zone. I mean, these are all the little things that I think they preach every day in there, and they talk about every day. And, You know, this is this is the way you have to play if you want to win in the National Hockey League, especially later in the season and into the playoffs. Uh, You have to be able to play the type of game that we've seen this team play in this eleven game stretch. So, this is all of this going on right now is preparing them mentally, physically, and just you know, as a team, how they have to kind of play. And and it's by design. They know this. I think the stars of this team and the older players, like Ryan Nugent Hawkins who's the longest tenured guy here. I mean, he's playing some of his best hockey he's ever played, in my opinion, not just offensively, but the way he's playing defensively, the way he has a defensive conscience, the way he makes smart plays with the puck instead of trying to force a pass through the middle. Mm-hmm. These are all little things that you learn as a team, and sometimes, unfortunately, the only way you can learn them is by getting burned, and this team came in with an attitude this year. It didn't start off the way they wanted it to, but they've, they've clawed and scratched themselves back into a playoff spot, and I think everybody's taken note of how this team's playing
0: Oilers analyst Louis DeBrusque, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. Kevin Carries, David Schlemko. It's ten twenty eight uh, in Edmonton. Uh, so Louis, could you put into words the biggest changes changes that you've seen under Chris Knobloch? If he's in, instituting different systems, uh, different looks, different uh, whatever, uh, but when you look at all the technical stuff, is the main thing just instilling confidence with this team?
3: hundred percent. And I think he's talked about that. He has tweaked a couple little things here and there. I think uh, one of the f- first things that stood out to me when he came in and, and I agree with it a hundred percent. And I think every coach does, but sometimes that message maybe gets lost is check with your feet. He says it all the time. And it's kind of one of those little things that's cliche and you hear about it all the time. But if you watch this team, they're closing on teams faster they're taking time and space away. The times they get in trouble. And even with, even with the least last night I felt, um, now, that's a very skilled team that can cycle a puck and work a puck in the offensive zone almost as well, if not as well as Edmonton at times uh, in the offensive zone. I think Evans has become a great cycle team, too, by the way. I, I, I know that everybody wants to talk transition. I had a good conversation with Jack with Connor, and McDavid yesterday, and you know that's one of the things he said. They found different ways to produce. Yeah, they, they can... They can really hurt you off the transitional play in the rush, but once they're in zone, the activation of the defenseman and how they can hold on to pucks and put pressure on—that um, to me is where they really grind teams down. That's playoff hockey, uh, and I think the Leafs are really good at it too. And last night they did—you ex- know—expose um, a couple of things where if you if you don't take that step immediately and you're not on track to defend, if you give good players that little extra bit of time and space. They're going to make plays because they're that skilled. Um, they've been really good at that. They've been good at limiting those and limiting time in the zone, weathering storms. I think the shot blocking's gone up. That's another element that I think they've really concentrated on, especially the defense. i talked to Darnell Nurse about that and just paying the price, making it more difficult to get shots through. Um, you look at the 2-2 goal that was scored by Derek Ryan. There was a shot block right before that by Cody Cece on Max Domi down the right-hand side, and he stepped into that lane. Now, if he gets that through, and you know this is a defenseman, Schlemmer, if he gets that through that defender, that becomes a dangerous shot because he's inside the top of the circle. He's inside the dot. And it's like, okay, that's a scoring chance. And If if Skinner doesn't pick that up right away through the defender, next thing you know, that could be the dagger that, that wins the game for the Leafs. Makes that block. They deflect another one to the corner. They come down the other way. It's Ryan McLeod with the speed to the neutral zone. He rims the little tic tac toe, nice fake shot by Yanmark, but it's a pass by McLeod out to um, Ryan. I just think, you know, that I I thought. Two goals last night were directly results of defensive plays. I thought uh, Dreisaitl coming back, and he turned the puck over in the neutral zone, but it was, you know, for me, one of the most engaged I've seen Leon. He moved his feet. He was, I mean, he dug in. You could see the ice from that level where I was. He was chipping the ice. He was digging in hard to get back. Now, he didn't totally break up McCabe from making that shot, but he he disrupted him enough that it wasn't a clean shot and it missed the net. Maybe Skinner got a piece of it, but it was it was a little bit wide. And then they came down and he got that break on the backhand towards the net with Kane in front and goes in the net. But he created that by, again, playing a defensive hockey. By being being aggressive and, and tenacious defensively, I think you get rewarded offensively for it. And I really think the Stars figure that out. And, uh, you know, so for me, I I know that every coach comes in and preaches defense. Every coach comes in and says we have to move our feet to check. Well, he said the same things, but somehow he's got the guys to buy in. I think they were ready for it. I think obviously with the start they had, um, the 2-9-1, and one, they were they were flustered. They were frustrated. And I think the best thing that he did, and he's talked about this, he's been very open about it, he, he tried to eliminate that frustration and give them just things they could concentrate on moving forward. He, j- just mm-hmm. get the frustration out of the game. Let these guys play free. And when they're playing free and, and loose, and I mean that in a good way, just, you know, reacting, initiating, you know, just playing the game. Um, they're at their best, and they've been that for, for a while now, and his record stands for itself. I think Paul Coffey, too, in the defense, I have to give him credit there. And listen, I was like everybody else. I said this to Coffey. I said, you know, you know, you stepped in there. You haven't had head co- You haven't had coaching experience in the National Hockey League level, but, I mean, this guy's been around the game his entire life. This guy's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best that ever played. Um, I, I, but I was like anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. How is this going to work? You know, you step in there. The one thing Paul Coffey can do, and, you know, Jack will attest, he comes back on the plane a lot and talks to us. He he he, can, he likes to socialize. He likes to talk. He likes to keep it light. Um, you look at back at the old uh, Boys in the Bus documentary, and he's all over that documentary. And it was the same even back then. They're joking on the bench. They're keeping it light. This game should be fun. I think he's made it fun for the guys and they've really responded. Yeah. Communicator. Awesome yeah, points, exactly. really. Communication, which I think is, you know, we talk about it all the time, but it doesn't always necessarily translate to, um, you know, productive conversations between coaches and players. And I, I think Chris is a, a communicator too. One of the things that I, I liked about listening to him early on was. He does really specialize with each individual player. It's it's a team game. It always has been a team game, but you're only, you know, a great team if everybody's pulling on that rope the best of their capabilities. So how do you achieve that? You have to try and bring everybody up to the best of their capabilities, the best that you can as a coaching staff. So individually, you're going to have to have those conversations with players to try and boost up their game. And I think everybody, if you look throughout this roster that's been in there involved since uh, the coaching change, mm-hmm. um, he's really tried to empower everybody to come in and be a big part of the team. And I think as a player, I think any player will tell you, that's all they want from their yeah. coaches.
1: Big time. Oh, Louie, you've covered pretty much everything here. Um, Just the one thing that stands out to me, uh, you talked about checking with your feet. Um, That's one of the biggest differences I've noticed since uh, Knobloch came in is the D zone. Uh, I thought at the start of the year, um, they were trying to bring in a new system. It looked like they were trying to protect the house, but they were really Mm -hmm. slow to close on time and space like you were talking about, so... It looked like they were just running around, chasing, having to switch all the time. Do you think that's a big difference in why they haven't been hemmed in their own zone so much Is guys are closing quick, everyone's able to identify who they have kind of earlier before they get all running around?
3: 100%. And I do think, you know, and I and I want to go back to that too with Jay. I know they were trying to make some tweaks, and, and every time a coach makes a, a tweak in the, in the system, and tries to adjust things. It's it's always with great intentions. It's not like you're going, hey, let's just try this because because right. they've seen they've seen deficiencies in their game that they need to try and correct, and that's what he was trying to do, and the coaching staff was trying to do. But what I do think happened there, it didn't take off. Number one it wasn't the greatest start. So I think frustration creeps in the expectation creeps. And I think you had way too many guys trying to do too much. And I know this is something that picked out right away, especially the top players of this team, all of them that goes from goal tending right out to forward guys were trying to do too much. It's incredible how, you know, guys just take that upon themselves. They think they have to put out all these fires all over the ice. And instead they should just take care of their own. Like, you know, they'll just run around and try and do two jobs instead of just their own, and it turns out to be the guy that they were supposed to be covering that puts the puck in the net. It happens right. so often in this game because you're just trying to help out one of your teammates, you're just trying to end the play in the defensive zone right away. You want it done now. Yep. And and everybody's felt like that. You've been in your zone for 30, 35 seconds, you're like, okay, we need to get this sucker up. Mm-hmm. So then you start to get away from that posturing, from that position, and next thing you know, you're running around because as soon as you're at a position, once this league will eat you up in a hurry with how skilled and well players can move the puck. And I think they were caught in that translation bit. no question. But I think they were also caught up in the start, um, the pressure that was on this team at the start of the season. Uh, I think really started to trickle in there, and I mean that's that's just human nature. I think there's players here that. Um, understand they have a really good team and understand that they need to take steps forward and in their evolution. And I think that uh, it, it, sometimes it creeps in it can be a real negative. And I, you could see it body language on the team. So there was a lot of things that went on there. But I do think it helped it. um, David. I think that now... That, that resiliency and that kind of um, adversity early on in the season, I think, helps them right now. Because now when they tuck into a game like, you know, what we've seen four or five times here in the last month where it's been third-period comeback, they've been behind, they're patient. They stay with yep. the system. They have confidence that they can pull a game out. And it's not like they're thinking they're going to – like, you're just playing the game. Stop worrying about the result. I always remember saying to Bruce Lee. I don't know why it always stuck with me, but I was a big Bruce Lee fan yeah. growing up watching his movies. You know, they were awesome. And um, He always says, don't worry about the outcome of the fight. Just let nature take its course, is essentially what he said. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if, you're, if you've prepared yourself the right way and you're playing the right way, you have confidence that if you continue to do this, you're going to break through and get your opportunities and you're going to score with the talent Evan has. And I think... You know, early on, it was hard to kind of go. No, we need to, we need to do more. We have to go and you know, you know, throw that pass for five guys in the neutral zone, and, and maybe it gets picked off. We have to throw that you know, hopeful backhand pass in the offensive zone that goes out to the high slot. And it's a two-on-one the other way because the D had pinched down the wall. Like things like that were happening. This right now, you don't see that with this team. Yes, when you're playing an offensive, very skilled team like Toronto, I mean, early on it could have been three nothing. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, it was a four-on-two yeah. offside after the one nothing to the 27 seconds in, and then you know there was a great eight chance by Bertuzzi again, yeah. and he and he just shanked the wide open net, and that's yeah. kind of been the way that's gone for Bertuzzi in Toronto. This guy's a finisher, and he's a great player. Um, you know, I got the meet him a little bit in Boston when he played with Jake. This guy, you know, he's a competitor, and that, that should have been in the net. But like that's a that's a chance that he typically puts away, and you're sitting there going, wow, Toronto has come out and are running over Edmonton early on, because they were ready early yeah. in that game. I credit Edmonton, though. Stuart Skinner gave them a chance. I mean, and that's the one thing um, you know, the goaltending has been elite. The goaltending has been outstanding. And when you have that, it just gives you even more confidence to play a hard game. But, uh, Yeah, a good job to kind of weather that storm and then get patient again, and that's kind of how this team's played.
0: Louis DeBrusque with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Maybe one or two quick ones for you, Lou. A lot of our texters and listeners text in and say... How do the three stars work? Who picks the three stars? Did you pick the three stars? Kevin's really wondering. <laughs> no, I'm not. There's a, I'm not. We we had it yeah. as an inner. Yeah, i an tell dude. you.
3: Well, Kevin, we you know a little bit about it. Right? Yes? I mean, I've been doing this now for 19 years with the radio in Phoenix. I just missed you too, Schlemmer, By the way, in Phoenix. Oh yeah. Um, I think you were like down playing. Were you playing for the Sun Dogs back then? Yeah. In, uh, was I, it, Yeah. You were there. I, yeah, I, uh, but I missed you by one year as I came back to Edmonton after doing three years in Phoenix. I uh, knew you were in the season there. But, um, yeah, you know, um, I hate picking stars. I'm <laughs> going to tell you that right now. I, I actually despise – they used to call me six stars. You know, uh, <laughs> Scott Butter Carruthers, uh, <laughs> producer of ours that I've known for a long time, my very first year, I think the first four games I did – it was tied in the third period, so this is what I would do. I would push down on my talkback button and go, okay, Butter, if Edmonton wins, these are the three stars. If the other team wins, these are the three stars. Because <laughs> I'm always old school of the, of the belief that if your team wins, you should have a first star. Okay. You know, sorry, but the team that wins should be able to celebrate that win and come out. It doesn't always happen. Now, also, you have to understand that we're on the road. Um, we don't pick the stars. We pick the stars just for our shame. They're, they are not the official stars, They're the stars that we want to promote on our telecast, typically for Edmonton. Right. So we'll try and get guys in there. And sometimes that does. Uh, carry over to the home telecast, where actually it does, I believe, lead to the three stars on the game sheet, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's by committee, I will tell you that. It used to be just me, it used to be just the color guy, but we do it, we'll talk about it, and then we'll kind of just leave it out there and then eventually pick three of the guys that we feel have had good games on both sides. Um, last night, we didn't have that discussion. I don't even know who took the stars last night, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, But, again, it's my committee. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because it's kind of a really subjective thing. And I will tell you this, um, um, and I did listen to a little bit of your show earlier when I was uh, making coffee uh, this morning, and I know you talked about Skinner up. And you're right. I will will take that one for the team. And I do have the ability, I will say this, that if I really am – Stern on a player of being a star, I can get that player picked as a star. I, I have that. You got that pull. Last, <laughs> I think I've got the last rock, right? Um, and just because, uh, you know, they're going to respect it. I really see something that I feel I've seen. say, so, Hey, listen, you have, and I should have probably stepped up for Stuart. Spencer, <laughs> but we, like I said, we didn't discuss it in the yeah. third period because it was such a close game and it was yeah. right down to the wire. We didn't really talk about it, but I will admit, he hasn't gotten the love he deserves. And you know what? I feel bad about that because this is the best stretch of his career. Mm-hmm. He has been outstanding, at the way he's played the game. Um, and I, I, we gave him a lot of love after the game, though. That's kind of how we do it. If we pick stars, sometimes that don't typically are stars. Because we could pick Leon almost on every night, Connor on almost every yeah. night. You've got Go Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Darnell Nurse. I mean, all these guys, you could literally throw them into the mix on – you know, almost every night because they play so much and they're so important to the team. And Stuart Skinner is no different. He is yeah. probably the most important piece. So um, we talk about them so much during the game that sometimes it gets diluted. When you start thinking yeah. of stars, you just kind of it kind of gets blended, in. But make no mistake about it, I'm liking the way I'm hearing the team talk about the goaltending yeah. right now. Um, they're giving the praise that is due every single post-game comments from any player you listen to, the goaltender's always in there. Stewie Mm -hmm. had a great game. Calvin gave us a chance to to win tonight. And when you have that trust and faith in your goaltenders, it empowers them to go out there and be the best they can be, and they've been great.
0: Well, you know what, I and mean, you uh, people don't realize when you're doing the game down there, you got a million things on the go. The plays yeah. wasn't by you. You got Seve kicking you in the ass from behind. You got, you got everything else happening. <laughs> well,
3: and you know what, <laughs> you know? honestly, KK, this yeah. is this is like uh, this is why, and that that you could ask the guys after about. I think it was my first six years. Like I was doing, you know, doing the the color for Evanson. It was like year four or year five. And I was like, I'm done picking the Stars. I don't want to pick the Stars anymore because every time I pick the Stars, people always complain about, you should have picked this guy, you should have picked this guy, you should have picked this guy. You picked this guy. And, you know, I've, I have this year, though, and, I'm, I'm, and I've said it multiple times, we always go to the offense, don't we? I mean, that's just the reality of the game. Yeah. The offensive players get paid. Um, it's, it's what wins hockey games as far as on the score sheet. But in reality, defense wins games, goaltending wins games, People buckling down and playing the system, playing games, wins games, and the timely goals. So I'm trying to concentrate Mm -hmm. a little bit more. I know Jack and I have talked about this. I want to give the love to more defensive players, too. We don't give the love to a Darnell nurse enough who plays 25 minutes in the game, or Matias Echelmer. Evan Bouchard who's leading this team in ice time right now. Nobody talks about it. It's like, you know, yeah, I know it's a lot of power playing this, but he's playing a lot in other situations as well, in important situations. So his defensive game doesn't get talked about enough. And I think as a whole, I'm trying to shed that light even more. That's just me. I'm trying to, you know, talk about more what I see defensively with this team, because we've talked so much offensively about it with good reason. Rightfully so we should, because they're just dynamic, but, I'll tell you what, when they play defense, they're a really hard team to
0: play against. You're the number one star in my books, Lou. Well,
3: thanks, buddy. Back at you. (laughs) uh,
0: Thanks for sharing some uh, time with us this morning. Uh, It's been long overdue. We've been trying to kind of get you on the show here and there, but you're such a busy guy. Uh, We'll do it again here soon, though. I want to get you on again and talk about just – broadcasting and what you love about it and all that kind of stuff so that could sure. fill another 20 30 minutes too so
3: absolutely but you know what and like i said i'm not a morning guy i'm a morning guy <laughs> hunting. when it comes to fishing and hunting i'm a morning guy i know you're but, talking uh, about that last yeah. night when it comes to school when i was younger i asked my parents and anything else like that yeah they had to drag me out of bed but hunting <laughs> fishing and hockey you didn't have to pull me out of bed before. everything else forget about it. oh so, yeah sorry that i'm not an early riser but uh Thanks for having me on. All good. Thanks, Thanks for so coming it.
0: on, Lou. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Louie DeBrusque and our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge and see how easy it is to do business with the great people. Uh, check out StAlbertDodge.com. You know, again, we, we kind of started the interview talking about fishing trips and things like that. The one trip that I remember we, when he we did go to Dipper Lake, so at the end of the day, you sit around the campfire, you know, you share some stories. Well, there's, you know, 10, 12 people on this trip, and it's just deadly quiet when Louis's talking. Like, you yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> know, a lot of times, you know, you'll be in a campfire and it's loud and whatever, and but Louis telling stories and the whole group is just deadly silent listening and laughing because you know you hear Louis Hardy laugh and he can he can spin a yarn as you just heard. Good but, storyteller, eh? Oh, I mean amazing. And then of course, you know, he had such a great career and and every all the Oilers fans just love him, you know, cuz he's a tough guy too and you yeah. know that way around the league. Back in the back way back in the day John Sexsmith did a thing with him. And I saw I saw it uh well, I don't even know what year it would be when he was playing. Anyway, it was about Louie's favorite horror movies. And they had they had the lighting behind him and Lou back then he had the you know, they had the, the lightning sound and the the thunder sound and they'd put the lightning strobe light on him and Louie would talk about Friday the thirteenth and all that. So there's another angle that we gotta talk about. So uh thanks to Lou for doing that. Uh we better take a quick uh, break here, Duke, so we can uh, wrap things up. Kerry Schlempko, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, yes. Uh, the police was at the concert here, I don't know, 15 years ago. It was unbelievable at Commonwealth Stadium. It was hot. It was like 30 above that night. One of the best concerts ever. Only two games now in the NHL tonight. Chicago Buffalo postponed. Too much snow in Buffalo, still.
1: Really? Yeah. So like they got to play get the, the s- football game outside. But
0: <laughs> they they got to get the Sabres fans <laughs> out shoveling
1: the parking
2: lots.
0: <laughs> shovel the <laughs> shovelled the lot in uh, Buffalo, man. That's that's some serious snowfall for a week or whatever it is. That's here.
1: lake weather for you, baby. Uh, I don't understand how you can play a game outside, <laughs> but you can't play a game inside.
0: <laughs> hmm. I uh, wanted to mention too that the Edmonton Oil Kings have postponed uh, a public skate scheduled for tonight. Uh, Probably just a little too chilly. So uh, no skate today with a big Louie, and they were going to do it at the orchards. So uh, I feel are planning planning to do that, yeah. I mean, holy cow, the ODRs are not uh, very busy in the last, uh, what, four or five days, Schlemmer? No, all year, really. You you got
1: no snow, and then you got 40 below.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So just two games in the NHL tonight. Uh, The Oilers uh, will be back in action tomorrow against Seattle three games and four nights again for Seattle playing back- to-back lo- back-to-back losses uh, Islanders Rangers and then fly all the way back today get in Edmonton before tomorrow's game so that's always that's just a killer. Um.
1: That's yeah. a killer travel wise, but I think you're going to see a Seattle team that's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other had, had nine games streak snapped, and now they've dropped a couple in a row here. They're, I think, what are they, a point behind the Oilers? So that's a, that's a big game for them. They'll be ready to go.
0: Yeah, the Oilers are with 49 points. Seattle with 47. Oh, two the points, Oilers, yeah, the Oilers do have four games in hand. So the Oilers have games in hand on everybody. One game in hand on the LA Kings, just one point back. Vegas has 55 points with 44 games. The Oilers have played just 40 games and have 49 points so 6 back. And there was a time it, there was no possible way. Yeah, it wasn't even close. You know, but I mean Vegas is Vegas has fallen back. The They're team in that, trouble
1: right now. Yeah,
0: well, I mean Eichel's out. Yeah. Uh, the team that has not had a lull yet is Vancouver. And and just you could say Winnipeg too, the most to surprising, an extent. Yeah. I mean Vancouver and Winnipeg tied for top spot in the league with 62 points and Vancouver just came off a seven game road trip where they were gone, uh, I think sixteen or seventeen days.
1: Yeah, and they they both have the goaltending to back it up. Is mm-hmm. the thing, so I don't see the either of those teams having a big fall off. What's on the go this weekend, Schlemmer? This weekend, I don't know. Not too much. No tournament. Plan, no nothing. With plan for, Oh, actually, yeah. you know what? We're uh, NAX is hosting the Canadian Crown tournament this weekend, so I'll, I'll be at the rink quite a bit
0: yeah back in the day dukes tournaments were the crown royal tournament
2: (laughs) (laughs) still still got that one every spring in delver (laughs) is it really well it's like the it's so the last weekend before they turn the plant off for the summer uh there's the men's league tournament and it's like you it's not you don't put a team in you sign up and then it's drafted oh and so you draft and it's just a weekend of shotgun and beer and a little bit of hockey mixed in (laughs) and great great way to round out the hockey season there you go
0: uh, thanks so much to all our guests today. Derek Van Dees from NHL.com, Mark Spector, Sheena Goldman, uh, Cordell Woodland uh, covers the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and Louis DeBrusque, uh, our game of the day and game of the day analyst. Uh, when man, oh man, Louis was bringing it today. He, we had some comments. Uh, we'll get to maybe some of them tomorrow. We didn't have time, but could listen to Louis for four hours. Louis could go for four hours. <laughs> Louis could go for four hours. Plus, our... Uh, Wednesday co-host, uh, David Schlemko for Cougar Paint and Collision. Uh, thanks to you, our listeners, and uh, thanks for everybody uh, interacting and being a part of our show today. Coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with? The former Rush Shep t Connor Alley and the Duke of D'Alburn at 12 o'clock. The Lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2, and then Jason Greger drives us home on Sports 1440 with the Jason Greger Show. From 2 till 6. Once again, thanks to you. Thanks to our listeners for being being a part of our show. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Our co-host tomorrow, every Thursday, is former Oiler defenseman Ladislav Schmid. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Up next, a Sports 1440 update with the Duke.